Good morning. It's great to be with you this morning in whatever form uh, you are gathering together as we uh, are scattered together. Uh, maybe you're sitting in your pajamas, maybe you're uh, got all dressed up in your Sunday best to make it feel like Sunday morning. Uh, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I'm glad you've joined us for this uh, opportunity to look into the Word of God and hear what he has to say through his word, by his spirit, into our lives here this morning. My name is Kent Anderson. If you don't know me, I'm just one of the members here at Dunbar Heights and grateful for the opportunity to uh, support all of you and to support our pastor by fitting into the series that we're uh, pursuing in the Jesus Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. One of my favorite uh, parts of the Bible. It actually might be my favorite part of the Bible. I, I love the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, this time we're spending over these, these weeks just kind of slowly working through the, what we come to know as the Beatitudes. These words of blessing are, uh, this is going to be a really meaningful time for us. And uh, so we are into verse four at this point today of Matthew chapter five, Matthew five, verse four. And uh, this is the second of the Beatitudes that make up this, this uh, you might call it a poem or a song uh, by which Jesus opens his sermon to the multitude there on the mountainside. Matthew chapter five, verse one says, seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Focusing again on the fourth verse, the second beatitude. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Lord, speak to us, we pray this morning. This is your word. We come together despite our separation with a united sense of interest in 
knowing your voice and hearing from your spirit and being guided by your truth. So use me, Lord, as uh, the mouthpiece. Uh, Speak through my words and my thoughts this morning such that we all together might hear what it is that you have to say. And we pray that you would help us to be willing to receive and respond and appreciate and ultimately to be transformed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I have a bit of a confession to make to you this morning. Last week, when I... This is embarrassing, I'm sorry. But last week, when I sat down to listen to Pastor Wes's sermon, I realized I'd made a terrible mistake. Having misread our pastor's text message to me, I had prepared to preach this week the same sermon that you already heard him preach this past week. <laughs> that, was, that was a tough realization. I got to tell you, <laughs> after a whole month, honestly, spending time every day in that passage on that sermon and having come to love it, I was now going to have to start over. The feeling, honestly, was a kind of mourning. (laughs) I I mean, there was a sense of of mourning the loss of precious time and effort, for sure, but also mourning the loss of opportunity to preach something that I had come to love. Well, I won't try to sugarcoat it by suggesting that uh, Pastor Wes's sermon might have been better than what I had prepared, or that I will have the opportunity to preach that other sermon elsewhere some, at some point, or that maybe, you know, God was doing something in his sovereignty, that he had a better plan, or, or maybe he was just setting me up with this illustration to start this sermon off here today. I mean, all those things are probably true to some degree. But I had to mourn the loss before I could start over. And so I did. Of course, that was just my most recent experience of loss and certainly not the most painful or the most significant. We all know what it is to mourn loss, to experience that kind of pain uh, or, or, or much more significant kinds of pain. Like mourning is a deep and hard kind of struggle. And we all know that, that pain or have known it. It's not easily overcome. It's not readily dismissed. We have to live with it. We have to feel the weight of it. We have to let it do its thing in our heart, in our soul, for us to experience the blessing. But know this, based on Jesus' teaching, based on the encouragement 
of these very few words, know that blessing will come in the morning. You see what I did there? <laughs> Little double meaning. <laughs> blessing will come in the morning. That's the big idea. That's the, the thing we want to take hold of and, and live with for a little bit here this morning. This is the promise of, of God's kingdom. Blessing will come in the morning. As I said off the top, this is uh, the opening to Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And we're going to be spending time with this sermon as well we should. As I said, it's one of my favorite parts of, of Scripture. Uh, I, I think... Now, Pastor Wes and I haven't talked about this, and I'm not 100% sure what he would say on this point, but um, I'll just tell you what I think about the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, obviously, it's central to our faith and uh, our practice. It's central to understanding what Jesus was, was offering us when he came and walked with us and taught us. Uh, it's, it's central to, to the nature of the gospel, certainly uh, in, critically important to an understanding of God's kingdom and our heavenly future and all that sort of thing. But the key to understanding the sermon, I think, is to go to the center of the sermon, and that would be Jesus' model prayer, the Our Father, the Lord's Prayer, we might call it, at the, in the middle of chapter 6, right smack dab there in the middle of the sermon. And, and there's an expression at the beginning of that prayer that I think is the key to unlocking the entire sermon. The prayer begins like this, you know it. Our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, that's the title of our series, by the way, kingdom come, your kingdom come, your will be done, where? On earth, as it is in heaven. To me, that's the key. The whole sermon is Jesus teaching us how to live on earth as it is in heaven. So, you know, later on in chapter five, we're gonna, we're gonna see that interesting construction where Jesus says six times, he says, you have heard that it was said, but I say to you, uh, you have heard that it was said, that's the on earth part. But I say to you, that's the heaven part. And it's an elevated expression of the first piece. So in every case, Jesus is taking something that we know and do, you know, like, don't be killing each other. Do not murder. That, that's good. That's good. That's how we manage life here on earth. But I say to you, Jesus says, don't even want to. <laughs> you know, don't even hold one another in contempt. So that's an elevation whereby we understand now what it is, how to live on earth as it is in heaven, according to the values and uh, character and nature, and expectations of the kingdom, of heaven. So that's the same thing going on here in these Beatitudes. It's describing life on earth, but from the perspective of heaven. So we learned last week, Pastor West did a great job helping us understand poverty of spirit, and all kinds of poverty, frankly. Uh, it, it loss. And, and lack. And the suggestion that I'm going to make to you today is that, you know, whatever it is that we have lost, what, however it is that we experience lack, 
those things on earth will be restored and renewed to an elevated blessing in the dawning of God's kingdom. But first, first we have to mourn because blessing will come in the morning. Three things. I'm going to just try to, I always try to make the stuff simple. <laughs> uh, three really simple things. Okay, here's the first one. You ready? You don't, I, I don't need to necessarily put it on screens or anything. You, you got this. But <laughs> the first one is that sadness is legitimate. Sadness is legitimate. It's part of what it means to mourn. You got to feel the weight of the loss. I know we resist that. That's one of our go-to moves. Whenever we experience difficulty, loss, lack, pain, we try to deal with it by discounting it, by suggesting it's no big deal, by, by you know, juking on it, you know, like, like trying to turn it into something that it isn't. You know, we do this, this might be a bit controversial, but, you know, try and hear what, I, what I'm trying to express here in this. You know, when, when, when a loved one dies, we, we gather together, at least we used to, we gather together and we call it a celebration of life. Well, okay, yeah, there's a life to be celebrated, but before you get to the celebration, you gotta feel the weight of the grief You gotta mourn the loss, and it's legitimate to be sad and to feel the weight. You gotta grieve for comfort to make any sense at all. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. There is no point even to comfort if there is no experience of mourning. You've lost something. Someone. Live there for a moment. Feel the weight of it. Know the sadness. Grieve. It's healthy. It's right. This world is not yet what it was created to be. Sadness is appropriate. It's legitimate. That's the first thing. Second thing, loss is necessary. Loss is necessary in certain ways. You can't avoid it. I mean, we try, right? That's one of our, another one of our go-to moves. We, we, we try to, like, that's one of the reasons we try to become wealthy and powerful and all of that, because we feel like if we can, um, you know, just, just gather enough stuff, then we'll never really lose, right? Like, if we can be powerful enough, then we'll never have to grieve, because we'll just, we'll just be strong, right? But we got to get over ourselves. 
Loss is necessary. We got to, I mean, isn't that what Jesus said? Whoever wants to gain the whole world has to lose himself. Certainly, we have to lose our pride. Even though the flesh, the flesh will fight that. Which is, I think, its own kind of mourning. You know, when your flesh fights you and fights against the things that God would have of you. And you fight that because you, you want to hold on to yourself. You want to hold on to your power. You want to hold on to your life. And you got to let it go. Jesus said you got to lose it in order to gain his kingdom promise. That kind of loss is necessary. Third thing, comfort is assured. Comfort is assured. Blessed are those who mourn they will be comforted. Sadness, completely legit. Loss, absolutely necessary. Comfort is assured. In the kingdom, those who mourn will be blessed with comfort. Comfort. I like that word. I mean, I mean, who doesn't want to be comfortable? I mean, it's hard to be comfortable when you feel like you're losing. But we got to understand where the comfort comes from. This is a kind of eternal paraclesis. What? What was that? <laughs> paraclesis. That's the word for comfort in the text here. It's the same word used to describe the Holy Spirit. He is our paraclete. No, not a singing bird. <laughs> a paraclete, it's a Greek word. You know what it means? It means like a companion. It means like one who comes, literally, one who comes alongside, puts an arm over your shoulder. And I got to tell you, I can deal with a lot as long as I got company. You know, you know what I'm talking about. You're, you're, you're feeling the loss. And that's why, that's why funerals, like, let's, let's own that word, by the way. Funerals are, are powerful because we gather with people who love us and we, we come alongside one another we share the, mourn, the sense of mourning. And we find comfort. I think it's incredible, this concept that God in the person of the Holy Spirit is our comforter, our companion, our paraclete. We know that now in the Spirit. But one day, we will know that comfort entirely, eternally, 
It's assured. But for now, for now we have to mourn. And mourning, mourning is deep, hard work. Good morning is a it's a letting go. It's a longing for. Letting go of those things that are dying and longing, longing for those things that will last forever. That forever blessing will come in the morning. Sadness. It's legitimate. Loss, it's necessary. Comfort is assured. Blessing will come in the morning. So let me ask you, what are you mourning for this morning? struggling to let go of an expectation that was never going to satisfy your prideful craving? Are you angry at the loss of a desire that was always going to be unworthy of God's kingdom promise? That, that, that might be a good and necessary morning. Blessed are the disappointed. Or they will be encouraged. Blessed are the exhausted. For they will renew their strength. Blessed are the depleted. For they will be filled. Blessed are the frustrated. For they will renew their hope. Blessed are they overlooked? But they will be seen. Blessed are the distracted, for they will find focus. Blessed are the myopic, for they will be gifted vision. Blessed are the sad, for they will be fully and deeply and permanently comforted. Live with that for a moment. Feel the weight of that right now.
in this moment, wherever you are, in the presence of God. Know that he has come to encourage you to renew your hope, to fill what is lacking, to renew what is lost. Anybody here exhausted? Anybody here depleted, distracted, disappointed? There's comfort for you. Blessed those who mourn and bring that mourning into the presence of our Lord for they will find comfort and blessed be 1 Corinthians 1 the God of all comfort who comforts us in our affliction so we ourselves can comfort others in their affliction according to the comfort that we ourselves have received through Christ Amen. I understand. Like, mourning makes a lot of us uncomfortable. And, and never more so than in this pandemic moment. I was with a, a, a dear colleague uh, recently and uh, just sharing with her in her pain as she was unable to properly mourn the loss of her father. There was no public funeral, memorial. There wasn't even a celebration of life. Just a, a few family members gathered at a graveside. It was hard. Sad. There was pain in it. And I felt some of that pain myself because this man had been a lifelong mentor and friend to me as well. We shouldn't have to say goodbye like this through plexiglass and at a distance. It is right for us to rage against the dying of that light, to rage against a world choked with thorns and COVID thistles. We will not Go gentle into that night. Nor do we have to. Because we know that when we mourn and bring that pain to Jesus, we will be blessed with the promise of eternal kingdom comfort. Years ago, I was part of a gospel music touring group. I know that's weird. <laughs> it was a long time ago. And uh, we sang this song. It was, was kind of cheesy. And, you know, I'm not going to argue for the theological uh, precision of this particular song. But we enjoyed singing it, and people seemed to like it. 
Oh, there's a great, great morning, your first day in heaven as you're strolling down Golden Avenue. And there are mansions left and right, and you thrill to every sight as the saints are always smiling, saying, how do you do? It's a great, great morning. That first day in heaven when you realize your worrying days are through. You'll be glad you were not idle. Took time to read the Bible. It's a great, great morning for you. People liked it. They resonated with it, I think, because in our hearts, all of us, we have this hunger, this thirst for the comfort, for the vision of that renewed kingdom morning. I was thinking about that this week, just the, um, the saints that I'm going to see on that morning. I was thinking about my mentor, Doug, who some of you know, knew, who I was talking about earlier. I was, thought about Dr. Frank, who, met, who meant so much to so many of us here in this place. I was thinking about my grandfather, who I never had the privilege to meet. He died when my father was very young. But we knew that he knew the Lord. And we know that he'll be one of those saints who's going to greet us on that kingdom morning. I watched my father over decades mourning the loss of his father. And I mourned the loss the effect on me. Somehow, his loss marked me all those years. I don't know what it is that you might be mourning today. Might be some foolish mistake by like, misreading a text message. Might be something much more profound. the loss of health, the lack of insight, the loss of a loved one, the frustration, the disappointment that your life, that this world is not yet all that it was created to be. Whatever it is, feel it, Grieve it. Mourn. For your sadness is legitimate. Your loss is necessary. But your comfort in Christ is assured. Blessing will come in the morning. Oh, Lord, just right now, we receive that comfort. Lord,
when we read in your word of your intention, your glorious intention for the world that you created. When we read and understand what you intended for our churches to be, our families to be, ourselves to be, and we recognize the failing, we recognize the lack, we recognize the loss. Lord, we are frustrated, saddened. We grieve the loss, the lack. And we bring it to you. Our pain, Lord, we bring it into your presence. And we seek your comfort. For now by your spirit. But one day eternally. Perfectly and permanently in your presence. Lord. God. Holy and perfect is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May it be, Lord. We will be comforted by your presence, by your promise, and by that truth in Jesus' name. Amen.